0: Hi there, guys. Welcome to the Grupo Sanzalas Podcast. I'm Mr. Pedro. In on today's episode, I speak to Tarek Al-Saleh. He is the founder of Capoeira for Refugees. If you haven't heard about Capoeira for Refugees, it's a UK-based charity that has been uh, making it possible for kids in war-torn zones to deal with the traumas through capoeira. You know, they started in Syria dealing with uh, Iraqi refugee children and when the war started here, they actually managed to expand the work and it's an, uh, you know it's a front line kind of work, really. it's a beautiful story and I'm really I'm really, really proud to, to be able to share with you guys. I do apologize for the audio quality, this was done over uh, a WhatsApp call and uh, we had some weird vibration, but I tried to, to zoom in out as much as I could. So, and I'm also getting new equipment here to make better quality recordings. And hopefully also do some live recording, which makes much easier to record a decent sound. But it's not that bad, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know your thoughts, don't forget to share with your friends and subscribe to our channel. You can find us on iTunes. And any of other platforms for podcasts I share. Hi there, guys! Welcome to the Group Sanzala podcast. I have here today a, a very special guest. It's a, it's a a, a a person who has been doing an amazing work with Capoeira. Uh, it's through him that I got to to go to to Palestine and to go to Jordan. You know, he's been the founder of uh, Capura for Refugees, Tarek. Tarek, thanks very much for for joining our podcast. And uh, it's an amazing story, like the work that you have done. And it would be great if you could share with us a little bit of this this journey, and if you could. Just talk you through like how how we started the idea of Capoeira for refugees and how your organization is is evolving with the times.
1: Okay, great. I I so. Thanks, thanks very much for having me here. Um, of course, yeah, I'm I'm happy to share a bit uh, how we started. Um, I mean, back in the days, it was long before the war in Syria happened. We basically started. Uh, Around 2006, on the streets of Damascus, just by you know playing capoeira music, uh, doing moves in the, in you know on the streets of Damascus, and it happened really naturally. Kids came, they brought their friends, they brought their friends. We rented a space for them, and then we started teaching in uh, women prisons, in shelters. Uh, at that time, Iraqi and uh, Palestinian refugee. Yeah,
0: because that and that time the the Iraq war was 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 at full. Full place, yeah, right? Exactly.
1: Exactly. So we, we had, uh, for example, we went also to uh, Al-Tan refugee camp, which was between the Syrian and the Iraqi borders, where uh, basically uh, 4,000 people got stuck, put me back to Iraq and get into Syria. Uh, yeah. with, with bleached, so we really So we got invited there and then we uh, started their capoeira classes as well. And uh, yeah, basically training children, uh, getting the youth uh, as well involved, um, helping them to help us, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it was a funny dynamics there, if I remember right, when you told me before the story, is that you were you were teaching the Iraqi refugees, but uh, the Syrian kids were kind of envious because they had all the UN funding, the, the refugees, and they had nothing, and you managed through Capoeira to bring them together, was that right?
1: Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. This was a story,
0: um, a project
1: we had with um, the UN, UNHCR and UNRWA, Palestinian refugees for for the UN. And they, it was a really poor area in the south of Damascus. And uh, we came and the kids, it was a schoolyard basically, and a lot of kids. So we came with like four or five people and and the, the, the ring. Rang and everybody went back to their classrooms and then we uh, trained around 25 um, Iraqi um, uh, refugees like basically from the school had a good time playing music everything was fine uh, you know and then suddenly started to rain uh, rocks and stones and then yeah that was the sort you know we had to run away and shelter in uh, Iraqi and what's going on here and they said like yeah it's the Syrian really the children they're stupid they're, they're dirty and so I was really shocked and, and, and then I asked the uh, teachers of the school and the directors and they said basically yeah that's the Syrian kids and uh, there, there is this struggle because of you know the the Iraqis they get like school uniforms they get the school and education but the area was very poor so the Syrians yeah. they were just you know jealous And then the next day we came. uh, We managed to get like two, three kids, uh, like Syrian kids, uh, involved. Um, They just played the instrument, you know, the agogô, the drum. So they were really fascinated with what we're doing. And it was fine that day. But the end of the class, uh, the girls came. We played music together. Everybody went home. No rocks. And the third day we came. uh, The Syrian kids they brought their friends. And yeah. as you know, in Capoeira you have to play together but they still didn't want to play to, together, of course, but you swap, you shake hands yeah and then um, you know after the fourth class already there were friends and they were practicing capoeira before we came, which you know if you play capoeira for you it's really like normal actually. but if you you know look at the situation there there had this for years there was a struggle between the local population and, and uh, you know, the newcomers, the, yeah. the Iraqis, yeah. but, you know, Capoeira music sports plays like a really, really powerful um, you know, tool to, to get children to play to, with one another and
0: okay. know, release
1: the anger and the frustration in a healthy way.
0: Yeah, it's great. And at that time you were already set up as Capoeira for Refugees, you were already set up as a charity? But,
1: um, yes, I mean, we are uh, with lots of uh, tea drinking, basically, managed in Syria to register Capoeira Adapt um, as a local organization, and yeah. with this organization, basically, we got approached by lots of different NGOs, you know, by the UN, by Tedesom, by Mercy Corps, Save the Children, and so forth. We worked with them, but um, there was a big trouble once where we actually got a fund from the EU in Syria, but uh, we never saw the money. Um, you still don't know why, and uh, that was really frustrating for us because we trained um, like over 20 Syrian um, assistant trainers at that time, also girls. Yeah, who um, you know, it's basically if you give them an instrument next week, they play better than
0: you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they were like, after
1: after three years, they were playing. Way better capoeira than me. You know? they were just, you know, training and doing like gymnastics and playing music the whole time, twenty four hours. And yeah. so that was great. So they were able to, um, you know, lead classes already. We had also a few uh, lead trainers as well. Musa um, from Algeria, Messi from 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 Brazil came as well. So we we were a big capoeira crowd. Um, but anyway, at that day when we never got the money from. The EU, but we already had to start a project, and we made a big fuss and went to lots of community centres and gave workshops and so forth. Um, that was very frustrating for us because um, the kids, uh, the, the trainers, they lost, you know, um, they they got promised a job, they uh, they stopped working so they could work with Capoeira, and it was horrible because basically it was like a small grassroots organisation. You could really see that, like large international organization and especially EU really, you know, stepped on our back and really destroyed like a really, really amazing project. So we got very frustrated and so then... It was like a
0: political... Uh, you, you, you got... you got, The funding got lost through poli- politics and... Yeah, somehow. I mean, you know,
1: there's, it's a really a dubious how and why, it, you know, to go into the details. Basically, yeah, it was a EU grant. We had um, a, a contract this Italy, which is an international organization, um, and uh, we were like an implementing partner. And um, you know, before a project, you have to prepare, you know, so you can start immediately. But you're not getting paid for it, for those setups. So yeah. We are supposed to work in 20 different uh, in Moscow. So we went here and we went there. gave workshops and. There's a lot of time, so we could start immediately. Um, At the end of the day, the EU said um, we couldn't get the money because um, it was not in the Syrian interest or something, was the wording, um, which was really weird because before you, um, you know, okay a grant, you basically clarify with the authorities that you can give the grant as well, but yeah. this is, hasn't really happened for some reason, and anyway, at the end of the day, nobody was responsible, but it was basically, we can cope as a small grassroots organization, with a loss of like 60,000 euros at that time. Okay. That's why we registered Capoeira uh, for refugees in the UK in 2010.
0: All right. And then you, you, you started the work spreading out uh, uh, to other locations uh, like Palestine yeah. and Jordan. And did they all happen more or less at the same time or were they gradual?
1: Yeah, we, we're looking right now at the time frame from like before the Syria war, you know, 2007 to 2017. Um, so we. Set up projects and offices in Palestine. And there was already a really vibrant Kabwea crowd, but not really in refugee. Camps. So um, this is basically, I think, one of the big achievements that you know we yeah, sensitized the trainers, make it possible for the trainers to give them you know enough support that they actually can work with children in refugee camps. Um, yeah you know you you visit as well a couple of the projects you saw how how the situation is there and in jordan the same so yeah Yeah. it's it's, it's terrible and what's going on there basically the the children are always you know they're always the last they always forgot nobody a couple others just gives them hope and and a sense of family and you know a couple of your family is my family and if you have a kid who's has no family right? this is like really important really huge thing for them yeah um, so that, that kept us basically you know keep keep going keep going but we were always
0: um, volunteering for the organization so
1: we never really had um, a stable income so that's
0: yeah it makes it very hard I mean I was I was really yeah. surprised uh, how you guys managed to to do the work that you were doing because you had to jump so many hurdles just to 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 make sure that the class were happening both uh uh, in in palestine and in in jordan as well there was so much i mean in palestine were more like the logistics of getting to a to b because you know sometimes the you couldn't happen because of a change on on the gates you know like the 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 change on, on policy. If they were checking every car, a journey that is 20 minutes becomes two three hours. And, uh, yeah. and uh, in in Jordan as well, the whole uh, uh, the politics of of going to the camp and and how every now and then becomes you know it was so hard to actually get into the camps, you know. And yeah, it was yeah. was 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 amazing and and hard for the for the instructors to. i I would imagine to you know to know that they had a a job to do and then you know for whatever you know a silly excuse you you were not granted access or you know it's hard because you create a bond with with the community with the with the kids and then you cannot do it i was i was really and also you were big backing on on other organizations for the logistics i mean to go to azrat canton was like a an hour or so journey right
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, true. I mean, it's it's incredibly hard, especially for the trainers. I mean, yeah. we had amazing trainers, lots of goodwill, of course. You know, So, you know, really experienced trainers came from you know UK, from Brazil, from all over the world, basically. Um, and we always try to you know focus on local trainers of course so they get enough training so because they're part of the community they bit used this but if you come as a foreigner to those countries and then you spend like you know three hours in, in a car just to go through a checkpoint and you know have not really a stable income it's really stressful it's really stressful got you know shot at uh, stones throwing at us it's um, incredible yeah you have to be very resilient which the good thing is most of the brazilian if you come from brazil you probably don't really not really scared right <laughs> <If> somebody <laughs> throws a stone at you oh,
0: yeah. but I, I, I felt so welcome like in 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 uh, to be in ramallah that experience there of being just just to go through you know like to go through the the security how they call the security points or the gates like where you go i, I forgot the term
1: those, those checkpoints. The
0: like checkpoints, There's Kalasia, yeah. which was a huge one, but there's many different ones. You, yeah, you know, so the, the, the checkpoints for those yeah. who never been around is basically like a, a beefed-up uh, airport security one, you know, that the, the security guards are behind uh, uh, bulletproof glass, you know, but it, it's, yeah. it's just like a massive... Uh, airport security, one you know that you have to go through, but it's slightly different. Where the you know the the guys have guns and yeah, and, and yeah. it's funny. Be- well, not funny. It it just became because after I've been there, we were there in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, everything that happened in, in Palestine and in Jerusalem, you kind of oh I was there, you know like when a, an attack would have happened, and you you actually relate to the location and how small it is, you know like mm. the, the the gates and yeah it was it was an amazing was an amazing experience and I, I'm really grateful for that. But uh, tell us tell us about the other amazing story which was. Managing to put a capoeira in the capital of of the ISIS, right in Raqqa, and how was capoeira there <laughs> yeah. before the the, the the those guys took over the city, or how how did that happen? Yeah,
1: I mean it's uh, you know it started basically one of our most experienced trainer, uh, Ahmed Polodigari. He lives uh, like he's Syrian. He lives now in in Paris. He uh, basically. Flee the Syrian army, uh, managed to get into the Free Syrian army, and then he flee there as well, also got shot at, and, you know, he was just ending up in the city of Raqqa, which is north of uh, Syria, and with, like, just his clothes and a few sandals. And uh, so he settled there uh, to take a breath, but, you know, kept playing capoeira because uh, it's quite funny he and his whole family his mama papa they're all playing capoeira and okay. they, 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 then they um he was basically um saying like you know i'm here um, can we somehow start a project because there are lots of kids that have nothing to do and you know, it's um, it's really terrible because of the war lots of people fleeing to raqqa and basically managed to pull out um our network we have a strong network that's the good thing to to get some funding as well Um, so we helped him basically to establish a project so there were like four trainers um, at the end his brother came as well from uh, um, Damascus who's also a a capoeira trainer and uh, that was before ISIS Um, and so we helped to uh, renovate the whole school um, you know to clean it out um, Basically, uh, getting, uh, creating a lot of um, networks and communities to capoeira. The first day, like over 100 children came basically to capoeira class, and the kids, they know, um, you know, what sort of plane this is or what sort of gun that is, but they, you know, some of the kids, they can't even like read and write. It you was know, the whole, so much stress there. And then, yeah, uh, it, it was um, basically for the kids. Um, a way to to forget the war, basically. Yeah. And they they even said I feel like I'm being in Brazil here and you know <laughs> not in the war. So it was it's, it's really beautiful. But the problem was as well we never could market or you know inspire market I say inspire other people with that story because ISIS came of course. Yeah. Uh, then we couldn't play in, like any music anymore because they chop your head off if yeah. you know, play music. For so them, capoeira—they don't know capoeira either. They thought like some sort of fighting. Fighting is good. That's good enough. so We could fight. Uh-huh. Um, and through capoeira, we also, you know, taught math and you know other curricula, uh, English and Arabic, uh, history. So this was a bit like you, through capoeira, basically, we were able to create that community, and they kept going as well um, through ISIS. And now that ISIS is gone we are now um, yeah, basically carrying on uh, more to help the project there in Raqqa and uh, supporting the trainers there but also
0: uh, opening up to more community projects basically. Yeah, because Raqqa was also heavily bombed, right? Like, Yeah, uh, it's just like I think like
1: less than a year ago, um, it was totally bombed because yeah, it was the, the stronghold of ISIS yeah. and um, so it got, Partly rubble, but um, the Americans forgot to, uh, you know, put the plan in place how to rebuild it basically. Yeah. Yeah, and so right now it's very difficult to uh, to see who's doing what, and how the whole mapping. What are the needs? Um, how can we help? Um, because it, it's the, the big issue is in in you know in the whole development. And, Emergency situations. If you want to support something, you all know those big brands. You know Safety Children, You know Unicef. You know you know Norwegian all those big brands basically. But the smaller projects, um, like you know the Capoeira project or other amazing small projects, they don't see any support because they don't have the marketing. They cannot get the big money because they don't have the capacity to deal with the paperwork. So. It, it's basically easier to give 100 million from the government to one large international organization than 10,000 to 10,000 local initiatives
0: Yeah,
1: and they keep struggling day by day to survive, but yeah. they also don't want to stay right, so this is something we're definitely trying to change because we have the same struggle uh, with Capoeira yeah. for Refugees
0: and this is more or less what you start doing parallel to Capoeira for Refugees is that right?
1: Yeah. I mean, since I moved to Berlin like one and a half years ago, okay. Um, so we um, basically invested a lot in technology because you need to get data from places like Raqqa without having a physical presence. Okay. So you need, you know, how many girls you train, how many boys you train, how many gender, ages you need the task. what is it you're doing? Uh, the communication, some people on WhatsApp, some people on Instagram, some on Facebook, you know, a lot of different things, financial information and so forth. So this is something for us um, really time consuming because we're supporting basically people who are local, who don't have a passport, they don't have a a bank account, they're refugees themselves, they don't have a three-year strategy or whatever. But we're doing something, I think, which is the most important, we listen of all. Yeah. There's a that's, relationship. That's, what is it you need? What is it you want? And then we're helping you to achieve what you want and not what we want. Right. Yeah.
0: No, that's and, that's a, a, a great a great uh, yeah. how to, to approach. But just just to clear mm-hmm. it up, so uh about the the, the rock work mm-hmm. that is happening because, uh the guy who started Emir he's now in Paris, but the work is still going through other people, is that right? Yeah. They want to trained. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So you, and and one. Uh, so just to 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 clarify this this curiosity of mine. So when the the Raqqa was in power, the sorry, the ISIS was in power in Raqqa. Yeah. They knew yeah. about the activity. They just didn't know what it was. And obviously, you were not doing the music and just doing the movements. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay no but that, that's that's I think it's uh it, that, that that is is an uh, an amazing an amazing story that needs to you know I really you, you I mean I knew this when you were, you showed me when I was you no know, we were talking about you know when we were doing the Caputa for refugees tours and stuff and it was you know it was I think it's such a nice story that not enough people know about it know, and and uh, but it was you couldn't at the time, of course, you couldn't say it, and now you guys are starting to to let the word out, and yeah, I think it's an amazing story. I think a lot of people in Brazil would be, you know, surprised at how capoeira was used in such a a, a difficult situation, and uh, mm-hmm. but moving into like the 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 organization side of it, like you were talking, you would say that. What really made the difference for Capoeira for refugees was the keeping of the like keeping track of the development. That was the essential thing, you would say, like or one of the most important things. Besides, of course, being there and teaching, but being able to measure the development, the impact of Capoeira on the children. Is that right?
1: Yes, I mean, especially if you want uh, money from donors. Okay. Um, then you need to show what impact it is and, you know, what impact you have on the community. And there's a couple of things we invested in a lot um, in terms of like, evaluations, storytelling. Um, so that's really important. For example, there's a really nice, easy way, which I would, you know, recommend to all Capoeira players who, who run classes, there's uh, something called the most significant change, Basically. Um, people coming together. That could be some, some trainers, maybe families, maybe kids, whoever. They are partners. <clears throat> so there's this uh, story in Palestine, for example. So one of the uh, Syrians were saying like there was like Ahmed. Um, he was a bit chubby. Um, he didn't do any movements on the ground because he was shy and also he was bullied by the others because um, he felt not comfortable and you know had no friends basically, but. He was very good in playing um, playing atabaki, and through playing atabaki, he showed other people to play the atabaki. He made friends. He lost lots of weight, and now he's playing also, you know, in the hoda, and that's basically everything what what other people do. Okay. And it's it's you know, and, and this sort of stories are telling so much more than data, basically. And mm. it's quite easy, basically, to to get those stories if you do those meetings, you know, every three, six months, whatever, coming together and just thinking about what you think actually feel. What is the mm. thing which changed over time? Okay. And then then you write this up. Then you can also take a picture of him or you follow yeah. him or whatever. Yeah. And, and so we have plenty is... of those stories. Yes. And it's an easy way to to do it um, to, to show like.
0: Qualitative. What has changed in in with your program, basically? No, this is this is an amazing, amazing uh, uh, insight, amazing you no know, ideas, because uh, uh, as I, I mentioned to you before we started, I'm I'm starting the, the Capoeira for Refuge, sorry, Capoeira Solidarity. You know, starting yeah. in Brazil yeah. through people that I know personally. You know, guys who are doing on a voluntary basis. You know, sometimes and it, it's different. There are basically works that are happening in different stages of development, right? So one of the guys is working through an evangelical uh, institution there. And there the kids already get, you know, the, uh, food after training. And, and there is already like, you know, some, some kind of support. But at the same time, there is a guy in Novigasu. In who is training the kids basically in a plot of land that has grass, that is that hasn't even been covered yet, you know, and it's a very more destitute area. Um and so trying to, to come up with how to support them, you know, I, I more or less had the same I had the the will to like, okay, let's we gotta do something. And also because of the political situation in Brazil, I thought like I need to because, you know, I think one thing is to have an opinion about things. The other thing is actually doing something about it, you know, and and I think the election yeah. of this guy in Brazil was the what actually pushed me forward. OK, like we got to do so basically I went to the guys and I asked them, like, what do you guys need the most, you know, and what was what was uh, the need that everybody had in the beginning was just the big the, the, the uniform. You know, to have some some trousers for the kids. You know, it's good for the the for them to realize that there is. So I said, okay, let's let's do this. And within a month, we managed to raise uh, uh, enough funds for for like all the kids' trousers. And now we are thinking like, what's the next stage? But uh, at the same time, I've I've been thinking about what you said, and you know, and I think, and, and also it's about teaching the guys how to how to make the, the documentation of the development, or you know, to register every now and then something. And this insight that you had about the stories, it's really, really important. But you think that also keeping track of numbers on a regular basis of the classes is also important, right? Yeah, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> it's a hustle, but
1: yeah. it's important. But you can do it on a smartphone now, so you don't need to put it on a paper and then put it in the computer. Um, so yeah, there, there's there's basically easier ways to do it, but you have to have that routine.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, and and, and the, so so this is great advice, the 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 stories and to see some some key. The, what did you call the most important changes? No, it's called the uh, most significant change. Most um, significant there is
1: an uh, study uh, on this methodology on our website as well. You can download it and it's basically all there as well, how to do it and so forth. And okay. you, know,
0: you, Everybody can just reach out as well if they would like to right. know more about it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, if you could after, we'll put the links uh, on, on mm-hmm. the description of this episode for everybody to see it because I, I, I really am in tune with what you said of like, you know, it doesn't really need to be through what i'm doing i just one of, one of the goals is to say to people look you guys can do it yourself if you want to do it you know like it's mm-hmm. to really to, to to get people to to just promote what those guys are you know because there's so much work that is happening in brazil and uh, there's not enough people know about it so yeah, I, yeah. I, i'm trying to connect them you know among themselves and mm-hmm. you know we're starting with four hopefully we will grow into uh, uh, more groups because there's another five or six other little guys, who little groups that are, are wanting to do mm. it. And then hopefully we can also link to, to the works that you, you guys already have connected because you guys are doing a network of them as well, right? yes
1: yeah. um Yeah, I mean I think that's, that's a really what you say that there's so many amazing projects out there, especially in Capoeira, nobody knows about it, right? And yeah. you also want the trainers to do what they're good at is Teaching capoeira and not writing reports or, you know, sitting yeah. in lock frames and indicators and all that NGO stuff you basically need in order to get money. So um, the, the, let's say the, we have also a network, of course, with a uh, lot of organizations who are, are doing social capoeira projects. But to manage a network, you have to manage expectations. And I have to say, so we, we really, you know, failed a bit because. We are basically running on voluntary, with voluntary people. People coming, people go, you yeah. know, relationships changing. And as long as you don't have like really um, you know, people who are doing this all the time, full time, basically, it's really difficult um, to match the expectation.
0: Yeah. That,
1: um, that That's why I mentioned before, it's like being in Berlin here now gives us basically, we have a massive network here of people who can support, want to support we're trying now to get the transparency um the infrastructure so that those tiny projects basically can use only with a smartphone basically all the um information and and give us all the inspiration we need so we can support them yeah and then also that doesn't need to go through you maybe people can go directly to them right
0: yeah they don't
1: need to come to capoeira for refugees we don't even want to touch any money they should go and direct support them this is something um, I think this is like, you know, we're working on it, but uh, we will definitely um, keep the conversation going and trying to, you know, with your project, our project, it's the same project at the end of the day, it's just yeah. a name on top of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, to, to to uh,
0: yeah, help those tiny projects and hopefully up for that, yeah. Okay, and if you could talk just before we finish here, uh, I don't know how much time you have, as well. I know that you are very busy, so I don't wanna, you know. But I, I <laughs> no worries, yeah. the more you know, the the, the time you have, I, I wanna I wanna take the most of it. Um, if you could just talk a little bit about your your new enterprise of or what you're doing regarding funding and how to to how you're trying to support the the. The little, uh, I, I, to be honest I don't know much, I've, I've seen a video of you talking about it, but if you could put in your own words, what is the um, Basically
1: so what we have uh, experienced ourselves and what lots of millions of local organizations experience is uh, that they basically don't get support and it's very hard to get support and there was a study um, on the humanitarian summit in 2016 in Turkey where UN uh, and 20 governments and large NGOs came together, because there is there was, in 2016, less than 1% of international aid reaching local organizations, mm. which is disgusting, and yeah. so they came together and said they want to change this um, to 25% of international aid by 2020, um, but Basically, we are far away from making that happen. Mm. It's just too many dynamics, too many interests. They have all the same long-term goals, but they have different short-term goals, basically. Yeah. And um, the, the main issues usually are, you know, local organizations. Um, you know, they are they are not trusted. Uh, they don't have the capacity basically to to deal with large amounts of money or. They are different issues basically yeah, i sure but at the end of the day, you know it's them who do all the work basically and um, so what we are um, doing with um, frontline aid is um, basically trying to make aid like su- financial support support more effective and making our desire to help basically more effective yeah. so the um, so there's those, on the one hand, like all those org- those problems that local organizations uh, face. On the other hand, there are solutions because we live in a world which is both global and local and technology has yeah. made it possible for us to connect to people on the front line. Yeah,
0: okay. um,
1: and those methodologies we use, you know, basically we ask what you need. Make matchmaking, you know, personalized connections, trying to put you in touch with the right people. Um, you own the project, not us. Um, yeah. So we're trying to uh, basically using technology and um, to make it first of all very easy for local people um, to to showcase what they are doing in a, in a very transparent way. Um, yeah. And on the other hand, we also for the Supporters, because there are lots of supporters, people want to help yeah, right? but uh, for them it's also very hard to find those tiny smaller grassroots organizations so we're basically trying to um, match those both the supporters and let's say the change makers on the ground and um that I mentioned before so it's basically you know you get data from you know people you train and so forth um then there is a real time a dashboard basically so that would mean you could see what the people are doing in Raqqa or you would see what are the people you're supporting in Brazil like yeah. daily on a daily basis. Mm. They're having their dashboards, pictures going there, communic- you know, basically everything is there so you can directly get in touch with them and help them. But you don't hustle them because it's um, again it's only on the smartphone for them. Yeah. And Basically, if we need reporting, so for um, for example, the project in in Raqqa, you know, our donors they want to know what's going on. We don't let them write a word. Basically, we are interviewing them. We are doing the reporting. We let them do what they are basically good at. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but it's basically a, a way to give you know support um, in a very transparent accessible in a fair way, basically. Yeah. This is what we're
0: working on, this uh, frontline aid. <clears throat> no, that's that's great work, because I remember watching, for example, the, the, the 10 years, I think, has been since the, the earthquake in, in Haiti, for example, and that was so much aid was raised for, for that cause, and then so many years later, the only a small percentage had actually been spent and, wow. uh, and uh, it's, it's baffling on how how can it be like yeah. this you know how how because it, it, you know looking from outside looks so straightforward you know you uh your country has been totally destroyed by an earthquake and you know you guys could make i don't know some used to make cement there and what a better way to you know employ people local people through Making them rebuild their own place, but it's yeah, it seems that it's a little bit more difficult than that, but yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it's basically it's a cartel structure
0: mm-hmm. it's,
1: um, in, the, in the business world, it would be illegal, basically, yeah, um, but because they're basically like those large organizations, they, they have a you know, they, they want to help, you know, I'm not saying they're like they don't have the right attitude but the way it's basically set up because they set up the system you know they know the right people yeah. and it, it, it's a cartel basically you have a competition we every organization competes with one another for money for visibility for staff salaries and if they're like you said in high, you know when there's an earthquake whatever those large organizations basically come the smaller grassroots organizations they work, then suddenly with those big, large organizations, because they're paying way better. So it destroys the whole infrastructure of the smaller organizations. Rather than helping them, it's basically, yeah, unfortunately, those larger organizations they they they
0: leave a lot of um, yeah trampled grass behind, basically. Yeah. Um, so is it fair to say that they work like a middleman kind of in, in these situations? Oh, uh, what? Well, sorry, what did you say? Uh, that yeah. the large organizations they become like the yeah. middlemen, you know that they yeah, exactly. are the one who receive yeah. the money and then all they do is to connect with the smaller organizations and 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 uh, a lot of the money raised get lost on the on this transition on this.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, the system refers to the people with the MBA and the perfect English and not to the people on the ground. Yeah.
0: Like
1: that's what it basically is. And the middlemen. You know, they are trying to, you know, they, they are trying to do, do the, um, you know, looking who's getting money, making sure there is no terrorism and fraud and all of this. I understand this. Yeah. There probably not, must be an organization or some sort of check in the middle of it. But the big money comes from government. The government, they don't want to deal with smaller organizations. For them, again, it's easier to give 100 million to one organization and 10,000 to 10,000 uh, others. Yeah. But... So large organizations basically, they're eating almost all the money
0: until yeah.
1: it's actually uh, reaching somewhere,
0: basically. Yeah, yeah. And That's, I think it also has to be guided yeah. by by results, right? If you look, like, yeah. again, talking about Haiti, that so many years have passed and they only spent I don't know what it was at the time. It was five or ten percent of of the money raised was actually spent on the ground, or the rest was on news and I know that, you know, you they would have some freedom to decide on how to spend the money that was given to them. But it's just like, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's uh, mind boggling. Yeah. Uh, so just for us to finish now, I think uh, the so the work of Capoeira for Refugees now, you, you focus on on building up this infrastructure but the, the the work that you guys helped is uh, sprout is already is is still in place, right? Is, is the work still there? Is some kind of work, not necessarily through you guys, but that are happening and uh, yes. yeah, yeah, and and it's still like I mean, in Palestine, in Jordan, or in, in other places. Is that place in Africa as well?
1: um Yeah, there's there's a couple of projects which uh, maybe a bit like similar got like inspired by by this. Yeah. Um, like, but there's also let's say where we were on the ground in Syria, in Jordan, Palestine. So that was the three countries where we had offices. Yeah. Um, the, those projects, I mean, not all the projects are, um, you know, they running, but the trainers basically they kept uh, working with Capoeira and they uh, registered their own organization now, which we still supporting uh, most of them, and you know they're still working in refugee camps. And in host communities uh, through Capoeira and growing, basically. they' you know they're they're facing a little bit the same stuff we had to deal with. you know with, yeah. you know raising funds and you know never really have time for <laughs> enough work for everything. but so they, they are um, they're still going on, and I'm really happy that they're doing that because it's now their project. It's not our project. and um, I'm, I'm really happy that they're basically still doing and carrying on. Yeah, can be trying to support them as good as we can. No, that's,
0: that's um, great.
1: That's great. Man. So we we, we will um, give fellowships again. We gave a couple of fellowships uh, that was internationally. But again, we want to make sure we're having this transparent dashboard ready and yeah. the tech ready before yeah. we helping more because it's a lot of work to as you know <laughs> to yeah. support people. Yeah. Um, so this is basically the next step we're doing, and that we can. Out
0: more projects. No, That's that's great great work, uh, Tarek. Thank you very much for your for your time. And uh, if there is anything else you'd like to 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 add on, some like something is about, I don't know any any goals that you're doing or uh, any final thoughts on, on on the work that you have been doing. I mean,
1: I um, like I um I mean there's probably lots of things to talk about. The thing is. I really hope that you know basically Coa gets the recognition they really deserve, and also getting the support they deserve it's it's terrible that that such an amazing sport, martial arts dance whatever you call it, right? Yeah. but it has it's the right mixture basically for for children you who who lost hope and um, you know, you can. Everybody who plays capoeira basically knows yeah. um, but yeah. i'm i'm very I'm really hoping that capoeira basically gets the right support basically so get some support infrastructure to so basically, like you said, to connect those smaller organizations to have some funds available for them um, and to give capoeira a stronger voice and yeah. not you know regional or. or <laughs> you know but that doesn't I mean like um, Angola regardless of style exactly
0: yeah yeah.
1: exactly it doesn't really matter for the kids what they play when they're good enough and if they're good if they they choose what they want but at the beginning it's just to save you know the sanity of people and I really hope that that there will be more support for such initiatives
0: yeah I I think I think so as well I think that as a a community we don't really have an uh, 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 accurate uh, size of what capoeira mm-hmm. really represents, you know, and I think it's such a a unique history, you know, of something that was not so long ago was illegal, and uh, yeah. without pretty much any official support, you know, capoeira managed to become the the biggest cultural export of Brazil, and uh, and uh, try to 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 harness, you know, everything that is 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 being done with capoeira it, it looks such a at, uh, such a, a giant task but i think we just got to do it like we say in brazil like uh, a hot soup you know you go through the edges and <laughs> and gradually you know just just do it because this is this is how i feel as well like you know the the, the capoeira solidara that i'm doing i'm doing through the people that i know directly and they are all like parts of my group but mm. the aim here is not to, to stay on that boundary, you know, of group-wise or style. You know, I think that we we really have to to find out. You know, the community has to find out what's happening, and, and the aim is to slowly bring those kids together as well. You know, we're trying to, to to do that, and it's, and also we are right now we are not like nothing official. Like we're not having anything on paper yet. But uh, the, the, the first, I'm, I'm trying to fight on the front of within the Capoeira community, you know, of of speaking mm-hmm. out to the groups here in France, in, in Italy, in Europe generally, the people that I know of, and, and keep hammering the same message and uh, trying to, to, to get a day in the end of the year where, you know, they can do the end of the year event and maybe raise some money towards the... the Project, the cause, or you know, whatever project mm-hmm. they, they, they might be supporting, to eventually become something more official. But yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's really yeah, it's 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 a great task ahead, and I, I I I am kind of like really really motivated to to you know once you get the, the ball rolling and you see yeah. that how you, you know how to to build a, a, a blueprint a, a, a blueprint that can be follow because once you can work i think with four you can work with 40 if you if you keep if you keep the same blueprint you know and making sure i think transparency is a big one you know it's a thing that i'm really big on On, you know because people are donating money if, you know they, they donated it wasn't a lot it was like five six hundred pounds but uh, but uh you know, in, in some groups, you know, the kids like we we donated food, you know, because they, they some kids go mm-hmm. and train with an empty stomach. So the variety of of works is quite is quite different. Which for me is is also great. It shows the diversity of Brazil. If you think that one of one of the guys works with an evangelical institution, the other one teaches inside uh, the Catholic uh, church of his community, the other one wants... Uh, to build his uh, his hero of Condomblé, you know the other one is just a, as a as a as a cultural center, you know. So there is a big diversity yeah. on, on and also it's the diversity of Brazil. But yeah, it's it's looking good. We we will be working. I'll be in, in Brazil in July to to, to mm-hmm. do this and and keep building this network. And a lot of this was inspired of, you know, on the work that you you've done because i think it was was amazing was this kind of frontline work you know that made uh mm. i think it, it really connects you know it makes you feel like a like a citizen of the world you know and uh, and, and yeah. I think it's a it's a really important thing and connected to when i i started teaching in, in a in a favela in rio and how that made me feel a citizen of my city you know because rio is a city that you can really have an amazing time by passing whatever happens in the favela you know yeah and and uh, the Capoeira opened this door and uh, it was was scary at a time you know but uh, it's it's definitely definitely worth was a uh, was a key thing and yeah it's great and looking looking forward to see how things are gonna unfold but uh thank you yeah no th- I... thank you for it yeah no I just want to say that definitely uh you
1: know keep the conversation going as well because there's a couple of ideas and and started things we already thought that might be right nice way to community um being more engaged and so forth so yeah let's keep that conversation going for sure um there yeah we get there
0: yeah
1: (laughs) we have to be positive otherwise life sucks right so
0: yeah no definitely i think you you gotta you gotta have a unshakable faith that things are gonna work out you know and just just keep working yeah it's uh there is a there's a lot of you know i think if you can make a, a impact on you know already someone is already uh is already great but yeah tarek thank you very much for for your time and uh guys i hope you guys enjoyed this this uh this episode and if you you know leave your comments your feedback is always welcome share with your friends and don't forget to subscribe to, the, to our channel. Thank you very much.